I'm going to tell you why tonight we're going to go to the book of Revelation. I'm going to read the first chapter, just a part of the first chapter. The last book of your Bible, we're going to look at it. I heard an idiot preaching. We do have some idiots in the pulpit. I've been accused of that a few times, but it depends on what side of the track you're on. But uh, this fella, he was preaching. And I listen to him. I don't like to listen to just anybody and everybody, but every now and then I'll, I listen to something that sounds strange just to see what they got to say and just to see where they're wrong at and try to make sure I ain't myself. And there's some folks, will, and I wouldn't challenge you to do that. That is my job. To try to make sure that you keep the right thing on your mind and heart. But this fellow said that the book of Revelation is not a prophetic book. That's what got my attention. Matter of fact, it had it in his head in that thing. Revelation's not prophecy. And I just had to see what somebody has to say about that. So he goes into it and he said, Revelation is misconstrued and misused. And I said, Amen. He's right there. And he said, some folks classify it as prophecy and they preach it as prophecy. But said the book of Revelation is not prophecy. It's already been fulfilled. Everything in the book of Revelation has already taken place. It's a great history book. And everything in the book of Revelation, he says, has all has been laid out, and we can look, go back in history and find every bit of it already took place on the earth. And that's as far as I got. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. I didn't have time to waste. Revelation chapter 1, the Bible said, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Notice that. We get a whole lot in this. It uh, must shortly come to pass. And sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Verse number one explains the whole book of Revelation. Who bear record in verse number two of the word of God. And of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth. Just to read it's good. Amen. You want to be blessed? Read the book of Revelation. Amen. Blessed is he that readeth. And they that hear the words of this. What's that word right there? Prophecy. Now that fellow said it wasn't. Prophecy is something that hadn't happened. Most of it. We've got things in the book of Revelation that has happened. But not all of it. It said, And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And we'll stop right there. Let's pray. Father, give us wisdom. Help us, Lord, to understand the things of God. And Lord, tonight, help us to grasp that which we know uh, from the Word of God, to be strengthened by it. Lord, help us to understand it. And Lord, 
Help us to get a clear view. I know tonight these people that I'm preaching to tonight understand that prophecy is the theme of the book of Revelation, the prophecy and the revealing of things that's going to happen in the days ahead. We know some has happened, but not all. Lord, we can get hope and help from the Word of God in it. But then, Lord, I pray for those that might be listening to us online. I pray you'd help them to understand too as well. Lord, that they may be comforted and blessed by reading and studying and listening to the preaching of the Word of Prophecy tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I want to know, and I've said this for many years, down through the years, you've heard me say it here, no telling how many times, that the central person of the Bible is Jesus Christ the Lord. He's centered and the God is in the middle, you say, but yet but Christ, He's exalted in the Old Testament. He's exalted in the New Testament. You'll find the book of God tonight, the whole 66 books, are about one person, Jesus Christ, coming into the world and dying for us. We're going to go through that just a little bit. Uh, We realize tonight that there's a a thing called uh, the catching out or the snatching out or the calling out. And we call it the rapture. And we know that that's going to happen. It has not happened yet. Uh, when have we heard or seen a door opened in heaven and a voice said, come up hither? That's never happened. I remind you of this tonight if you want to think about it. We find that Jesus, and we'll cover this just a little bit more in a minute. He's coming for the saints. And then he's going to come with the saints. Now, that's different periods of time, and things happen in between that. But I kind of want to go through a, a little order. We find Jesus first in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. We find him in the last book of the Bible. And we find him in every book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. This book is not about the prophets Amen, even though they're full of prophets. It is full of prophets. But it's about Jesus Christ. That's what the prophets were prophesying about. I'll give you just a few things you can jot down. In Genesis, we find Christ, the Lord Jesus tonight, or the Lord Jesus Christ, whichever way you want to say it. You find Him as the Creator. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So he's the creator. He made it. Amen. Somebody said in the beginning God made the heaven and earth. You know who said that, don't you? The Holy Spirit. He pinned it down in Genesis 1.1. And so we see tonight, but we find, and we're not going to get into the Trinity either tonight, but I'm talking about Christ. He made all things. All things by him was made. It was made for his glory and for his honor. In him all things consist. You have to follow that out of the book of Colossians. And we know that we'll find in the book of Genesis that he was and is and ever shall be uh, the creator. In the word of God and especially in the Old Testament, 
we find he was prophesied to come. I'm just going to give you one or two things, but you can spend all night tonight talking about what he's prophesied to come to this world for. But he's prophesied in Isaiah chapter number 53 to come and die on the cross of Calvary. And so the Old Testament carries that thought. You remember the whole 53rd chapter, a tremendous chapter. The only chapter in the Old Testament, I mean, in, in the, that you can find, not the only, but many of the uh, saints of God that are Jews that's got saved, guess what? They got saved through coming and looking at Isaiah 53. That's a good one. Amen. Don't go over and try to win a Jew by reading Romans 10, 9, and 10 to him. Amen. He won't listen to you. He's still looking for the Messiah. He don't trust Christ. He rejected Christ. He's on the back road tonight because he didn't trust Christ. Before I came to church, I just listened to a, a Jewish missionary. And uh, he was preaching how to win the lost. And uh, he, he uses the Old Testament. Amen. And he tells them he don't give them. He gives them a new covenant. And he calls it a new covenant because the Jews don't like to talk about the New Testament. And so he talks about the uh, new covenant, which is the New Testament. And he gives them those. But I'm saying we, we've seen that. So in the Old Testament, he's prophesied to come and die, Isaiah 53. He was prophesied to be a ruler. And the government shall be appointed. Let's look at that, Isaiah 9 and 6. Christmas time comes pretty quick and we're going to be using this, but I use it year round. The Bible said in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And it says on through there, it said, And the government, has there ever been a time that the government's been upon the shoulders of Christ? Nope. Amen. If it was, I'd, I'd like for you to explain that and show that to me. Amen. Every time man got a hold of something, he ruins it. Hey, we've ruined the world. Amen. Down through the ages. And it said, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Has that ever been? No, that's future. Amen. He come and died for us. That's, that's happened. And Isaiah said he's going to be, uh, you know, the ruler over the government. It's going to be his government. Matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, and there's some other things I can talk about both of these scriptures. He said, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now that word Emmanuel means God with us. So we find that he was prophesied uh, to be born of a virgin. That's happened. He came born of a virgin. And anybody don't believe in the virgin birth, they denying God. And they not, they're denying his deity of Christ, the deity of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 
He's even prophesied that he'd be born in Bethlehem in the book of Micah. He told us that. And uh, he's given us a lot. And I preached off of these uh, several times down through the years, off and on, different places. But we find in the Word of God that's happening. But then we come to the New Testament. I want to show you. Well, let me go back up a minute in the Old Testament and give you just a thought across the top of my head. It just come to my mind if I can get it together here. And that is in the Old Testament, we find uh, the Jew and the Gentile together. I'm uh, thinking about um, Esther. Esther's a book that many people look at and they look at it in the wrong direction. It's, it's a prophetic book. Now, you look at it, uh, you won't even find the name God mentioned in, in the book of Esther. And you think it's just a, a book and it's just kind of like a history book or something. But it's got its implications tonight in my life and yours. He's telling us that you find Vashti and you find Esther and you find Mordecai and you find Haman. And those particular four people, of course you find Ahasuerus too, the king, I believe his name was Ahasuerus, but we find tonight that Vashti was a Gentile. And she's a type in the Old Testament, she's a type of, of the church, if you will, in a sense. Church that has walked away from God in the last days when they've turned and went the wrong way. And Gentiles have done that today. I know the church is not made up of complete Gentiles, but it's made up of Jew and Gentile. As a matter of fact, the church is more Gentile today than it is Jewish. It started off more Jewish than it was Gentile. Are you seeing that? Now we're looking from Old Testament, New Testament. And when we look at this and get it together, uh, just kind of bear this in mind a minute. Vashti, what happened? Vashti was taken out. She was, she, you know, she rebelled against the things of God, in a sense. She didn't stand for the truth. She, she was on the side of Haman, if you will. You see that? And uh, I'm not going to get into the details of this thing, but you can preach a whole sermon on this. Or, matter of fact, you can teach the whole book of Esther. Take a while. But when I look at this and I see Vashti, she's been taken out. She's a type... Are the Gentiles going to get caught out? What happened after Vashti? They put in Esther. Esther was a Jew. She became the king, a queen. She's a type of the tribulation saints. If you'll look at it. When God's dealing with the Jewish nation, more so than he does the Gentile nation, yet they will be involved in it too. You understand that? Tribulation will be for Jew and Gentile. But mainly for the Jew that God's going to show him that he's the Messiah. And then guess what? He gets crossed over. We find that Esther now intercedes to the king. And Haman hates Mordecai. Don't he can't stand his looks. Don't like him at all. Despises him. Hates him. Amen. If you will tonight, you think about that just a little bit. Brother, uh, that's what's happened to the Gentiles down through the years. Uh, there's a lot of Gentiles hate the Jew. Not me. They're my friend. They may not act right sometimes and they got funny ideas, but I love the Jew. I believe you ought to love the Jew. 
I don't love his ways. I got some Gentiles. I don't love their ways either. By the way, amen. Do you? I don't like some of the way some Gentiles act. Whether Gentile church members or Gentile world people. Amen. And I don't like some of the ways the Jews, they, they got a funny idea about Christ. And it's because they're blinded. But I'm saying what happens then is uh, they come in and, and get set up for the tribulation. You work the Old Testament a little bit more and you come to the book of Job. You know what Job is a type of? It's a type of the tribulation. How many chapters is in Job? Huh? Nope. Look and see. Amen. 42. How many, how many months is in, uh, in, in, in uh, represented out of Job? 42. <laughs> 42 chapters, 42 months. 42 months is what? How many years? Three and a half years. Type of, amen, the real heavy part of tribulation. Understand that? Well, I won't get into that tonight. That's not where I'm headed for. But what I'm trying to tell you tonight is after all that, we come to John chapter 1. We've seen some places in the book of, uh, in the Old Testament where Jesus is recognized and seen and prophesied. And we could go through every one of the books and be here all night, but we're not going to do that. So we're going to chapter 1, and we get to the New Testament. In chapter 1 of the book of John, we find that Christ, Jesus himself, is manifested. The Bible said in chapter 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That shows his deity. And is eternity, or he's eternal, and part of the Trinity. He said the same was in the beginning with God. But verse 14 of chapter 1, you know it, you probably can quote it over and over, and it says, And the Word was made what? Flesh. That's his incarnation. And dwelled among us. He walked among men. First time in the history of man. That Jesus ever walked among men on the earth. He was, it ain't the first time God visited the earth, but it's the first time he walked with men on the earth. He come and, you know, came to some a few times in the Bible. But walking for three and a half years, well, actually 33 and a half years, he walked among men. And it said he beheld. His glory, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we find Him manifested. Then we find that He was declared in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What do they do? They declare Him. They point to Him. Here He is. Here He is. And Christ is manifesting Himself to the world. And what's he doing? He's going to show them. He's going to fulfill these scriptures. Amen. And he was born uh, before us. And then we see that it went on down before that. Not only was he declared in the gospels, but he was, he fulfilled the word of God in himself on the cross of Calvary. He came to die. Isn't that what Isaiah says? 
He come to die for every man and woman. And so He fulfilled that promise of the Old Testament to die on the cross of Calvary uh, when He did. He done Even when He was put in the grave and rose on the third day, He became the victor. Amen. He wasn't defeated. He, he was the victor over in the resurrection. No man has ever raised himself from the dead but Christ. Been a lot of resurrections. A lot of people have been raised, Old Testament, New Testament. But nobody was ever raised on their own power. They had to have God's presence and power to do it. But Christ stepped out of the grave on his own. Then we find that he's that they could not see. There's not a Jew on the earth. There's not a prophet on the earth in the Old Testament that could ever see the church. They never prophesied the church. They couldn't see it. They could see the Messiah coming. They could see a kingdom coming, but they could not see the church. They didn't see the plan of God. They rejected God and crucified Christ. And God established the church and put them on the sideline. You got that? We know. We all know all that. I'm just wanting to get on down and show you what, what's happening. And I'm appreciating it tonight. And thank God for it. But he became the victor to resurrection. Then he established the church and empowered it in Acts chapter number 2. And he came down with a great mighty rush. You know what? Uh, if you look at it, there wasn't many of them. They weren't out there just doing jabbering on the day of Pentecost. They were preaching the word of God in the languages of all those people had he come to that place that day. Amen. And we got people today that just do a jabber and they call it an unknown tongue. It's something you can't know. And this church is built on that stuff. Amen. As a fellow asked me today, he said, uh, uh, what about that fellow Benny Hinn? I said, I don't listen to Benny Hinn. He got bad breath. He said, what do you mean? I said, he breathes on them and they fall in the floor. <laughs> Amen. He said, what? I said, yeah, I don't believe in him. Amen. And he said, what about, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, Oral Roberts. I said, I don't listen to Oral Roberts either. Amen. Of course, yeah, I know. I don't get into seances, so I ain't going to talk to him either. But his son, I don't listen to him either. And uh, he's, I said, let me tell you about that. I was on the roof of the church one day. We were building a brand new building to start our church in or had the church started. And there we were, 1979 and 1980. Building a church, and I was up on the roof nailing down boards. We was fixed to get the shingles put on. On Saturday morning, several of the men were with me. We were over there working. And this fancy car come driving up the drive there to the church. And uh, a little dignified lady got out and she's dressed to a tee. And she come walking out and she's looking up there and around. And she said, who's the pastor? And I said, I am, ma'am. She said, can I talk to you? I said, sure. And I got out on the ladder and come right down. Stood in front of her and she said, 
Preacher, she said, uh, I've got a burden. She said, there's a man trying to raise a bunch of money to build a hospital. said, he's going to build a big hospital. And I said, I hadn't heard that. He said, she said, I said, who is he? And uh, she said, Oral Roberts. I said, I ain't supporting it. She said, why? I said, when I was a little boy, he used to have a ministry that he laid hands on people and they got well. Anybody ever remember that? He laid hands on them and he was a healer and boy, everybody followed after him. And I said, now he's backslid evidently. He's trying to build hospitals. What happens? How come he don't go lay hands on people? And oh, she bounced out pretty quick, but amen. And I, I stick to that, amen. And then that fella said to me, he said, what's that, uh, that, that, that fella that had all, uh, all that stuff and uh, is on the 700 club? You know, they had the dog house all, uh, yeah. Uh, Tammy Faye and, uh, and Jim, amen. Jim, Jim Baker. So I said, don't listen to him either. I said, is that all you got to listen to? As this morning, he said, no. I said, well, you ain't got nothing to listen to if you're listening to that. They've ruined too many people in the world. Amen. So anyhow, we got things like that going on around us now. But they couldn't see the church in the Old Testament. God had already established and had it coming, but it didn't. I do believe the church is going out of here soon. I believe he's coming for the church pretty soon. Amen. You better get ready. It could be before we get out of here. Hope you're ready. I am. These are trying hours when people are worried about them. I'm not worried about them. We may face some things. I mean, they chopped John the Baptist's head off for preaching. You think you're supposed to have a bed of roses to get there? Yea, and all live godly shall suffer. Didn't say might. Said shall suffer persecution. Amen. Somebody said, preach it. Some of them don't care for you. Yeah, amen. I don't care. Amen whether they do or not. I'm glad I'm just trying to follow the Lord. Amen. Just following Him. Giving out the Word of God. I'm enjoying it. It's the best part of my life. I'm enjoying this thing. I'm not enduring it. Some of you are gritting your teeth like you are enduring it, but I'm I'm not. Amen. I'm enjoying. Amen. The Lord's coming soon. And I believe that. So when we get to the book of Revelation tonight here, we find that he is revealing himself. We've never seen the work of God in the sense that we're going to see or they're going to see it in the tribulation. Now we've seen the work of God, the greatest thing that's ever happened when Christ died on the cross of Calvary and went to the grave and rose on the third day. There's nothing greater to preach than that. I enjoy preaching that. Amen. I like to tell it. And I've got more customers now than I've ever seen in my life wanting to hear it. And I thank God for that. Amen. Uh, I go, go, go in the mornings and they'll say, Come on, preacher, get back here. Get back here. And I say, All right. And I say, All right, we'll go back and we'll talk. And, and uh, so they'll ask questions. 
They weren't asking questions for a long time. Now they are. I appreciate that. They're wanting to know the truth. It's unusual to find people want to know the truth. But if you'll witness out there, you'll see that there's a lot of people wanting to know tonight. They're wanting to know. Amen. And I sure look, like to look at them and say, hey, look, uh, what do you think about the world situation? I get myself a conversation right there. Amen. And they'll start in. We'll see it. Well, we'll see in tonight that he reveals himself in the book of Revelation. Now, it's not fulfilled. A lot of it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened past the fourth chapter of Revelation, the fifth chapter. Amen. He said, after this, I looked and behold, a door. Now, that ain't happened. Amen. Yet, I believe the Lord's about ready uh, for them to blow the trumpet. And we can get into that, but we won't tonight. So he reveals himself in the book of Revelation. This is where God's going to really work. That's, we've seen the, the grace of God and the blood of Christ and the redemption of God in our lifetime. Amen. Been demonstrated to us through the preaching of the Word of God in churches up and down the country. Thank God for every church that stands for the truth. Matter of fact, I'm on going record to say something tonight. There's a lot of churches don't have uh, the right kind of preachers, I don't believe. But some of those preachers do preach the blood and repentance. And I say more power to them. Amen. And I do say at the same time, Lord, punch them a little bit and build some fire on them and let them get on fire. And preaching, and I'm not compromising with that. I, I listen. I feel sorry for churches and people that's going to churches tonight that are not hearing everything out of the Word of God they need to hear. They won't hear some of the basic fundamentals and doctrines that they need to hear, and they're hungry for it. That's the reason our nation has turned. We wouldn't be facing the things in our country today if our churches and people had stood straight. All right, so we find that he reveals himself in what he's going to do with the church in Revelation chapter 19. Amen. I want to go back and, you know, the next thing I'm looking for, the agenda on God's calendar, is the rapture of the church. I get excited about that. That is uh, the blessed hope. Now, when you look at the book of Revelation, it don't say anything about the blessed hope. Judgments come. God's had enough. He's even given seven churches in there that have went downhill all the time. And the Laodicean church is the worst church in all of them. And it's just like the latter days that we're living in now. Where we've got um, apostasy. Did you know it's hard to get people to believe the same thing? You get ten... Twelve Baptists together, and they ain't, they won't agree on everything. Right. I remember when they used to agree to something. Amen. Of course, we've been studying too much Greek. I, just, I get irritated that I'm not a Greek. I took Greek two years, and I took typing two years, and I'm poor at both of them. <laughs> 
But most preachers, they study them little Greek words. They said, according to the Greek word, it means which Greek are they looking at? There's a difference in the Greeks too. So I just, I just, if I'm doing any kind of Greek, it's hillbilly Greek. I guess if there's any such thing. But I'm not majoring on Greek words. I just try to look at the words that I see in the Bible. They help me. And I go with it. But we find tonight that he's coming after the church. And that's the next thing on the agenda. And then he's going to come with the church in Revelation 19. Let's look at it. Let's look at Revelation 19. Amen. Just heard that preacher preach this and talk about this being a historical book and and it triggered all this tonight. He said in Revelation 19, and I looked at in verse 7, he said, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. This is Jesus. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. The reason I know it's Jesus, if you'll look in the first chapter, you'll find the glorified Christ that John seen. And fell down at his feet as a dead man. He had a flame of fire in his eyes. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed. Amen. With a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Is there any reason tonight to think it ain't Christ? And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. I'm not, I'm, I don't like to ride horses. I rode one one time and fell off of it. That horse kicked me off, or I don't want to jump, dump me. I didn't kick me, but bucked me off in the mud, a little creek. And I had on a white shirt, and I had to go up to my grandpa and grandma's house where we were and had to show it to my mama, and I thought she was going to kill me. I thought the horse was too, amen, but I'm not too excited about riding horses, but I know God's grace will be all right. And out of his mouth went a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. There we go. Isaiah's going to be fulfilled. And, the tre- and he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's going to finish it all up. And we'll find that he's going to fulfill Isaiah 9, 6. He's going to rule and reign on the earth. I could go on with the rest of it, but you know how it's going to be. After the millennium, he's going to make a new heaven and new earth after the devil is released out of the prison for a while. And then we'll have a new heaven and a new earth. Ain't you looking forward to that? I am. Praise God. I got a place in glory. Thank God for it. Well, do you believe the book of Revelation is finished? you think it's fulfilled? you think a lot of it's future? Yes, sir. Amen. You said, I already know that. You didn't have to preach all that to know it. Well, I just want to let you know what other people think tonight. You run into the immediate out there. I've been doing that. Amen. I thank God for the privilege of what God's done for me. Heads bowed, eyes closed tonight. We won't have music, but we'll just...